0: Pour yourself a cold one. They strike them, huh? And listen to Ross Tucker and Philadelphia Eagles film junkie Fran Duffy break down the top college prospects on another tasty edition of the College Draft. Yes, yeah, Daddy Soda time. A day later than we normally record it, but that's okay. Our guy Fran Duffy was traveling to Indianapolis, Indiana, for the 2019 Scouting Combine. So as we record this. At 6.29 a.m. Eastern Time on Wednesday, February 27th, he is our man on the scene. And we are, of course, presented by BetOnline.ag. Always use the promo code PODCAST1 if you haven't already to get that 50% welcome bonus. And if you haven't already, what are you waiting for? Fran, of course, the Philadelphia Eagles video scouting guru, whom you should all be following on Twitter, at FDuffy3, all kinds of good stuff from Fran that you can find over on his Twitter. And we're continuing, Fran, oh, by the way, I should probably mention, if you're new to the show, I'm Ross Tucker. Thanks for, thanks for turning in. I'm a former NFL offensive lineman. You've come to the right place if the draft is your thing and you're trying to learn more about it, especially if you want to get the best breakdown of the defensive players heading into the combine. Uh, Fran, we talked about this last week, and I would encourage people, if they didn't check out last week's episode, to go back and check out the combine preview on the offensive side of the ball. We went over, you know, the different categories, Fran, that you'll talk about, but quickly again, they are top pick, workout warrior, trust the tape, stopwatch shocker. Will kill the drills, most approved, most productive college player, best pro comparison, best story, small school standout, Philly connection, Mr. Average. Any of those, Fran, that you think definitely need a further explanation? I think some of those are are obvious. Maybe, maybe workout warrior, trust the tape, stopwatch shocker, and we'll kill the drills?
1: Yeah, I think you know the Workout Warrior is almost always like given like a negative connotation. I'm just picking a guy that I think is just going to blow up the athletic testing portion. Uh, Trust the Tape is a guy that, you know, may not test well, but I'm not expecting him to test well, so I'm not going to crush him too bad uh if the testing doesn't go all that well this week. Stopwatch Shocker, a guy that's going to surprise us with how he tests and Will Kill the Drills is going to look a guy that's going to look good you know, when they get into the position-specific drills. So these were all categories that I highlighted uh, in my positional previews over on PhiladelphiaEagles.com. I go very much in-depth uh, on all those categories at each position, tried to cover as many guys as possible. So, uh, you know, we'll hit on a few categories at each position here, but make sure you just go check those out for the full descriptions at, at each position.
0: Right. And So what we're doing is we're going by position. And we are going to dive into not every player, but a couple of guys that Fran feels like are especially noteworthy uh, at each position group that you should know for whatever reason in whatever category we just gave. And by the way, just before we dive into that, Fran, today's the first day, but it's really just the first day. For the media portion, there, there aren't any on-field workouts today, correct?
1: No, on-field stuff doesn't start till Friday. So basically, the the stuff we'll see today, uh, you know, players got into town yesterday, um, and today is going to be head coach and general manager uh, media day for the most part. So we don't we're not going to talk to any players today. Players won't start speaking at them to the media until Thursday. So uh, today will be you know big quotes from head coaches and general managers around the league.
0: Got it. And then uh, the players will start talking and then they'll start talking on the field as well. Let's get to the edge rushers. It's arguably the best position in the draft, or at least at the top of the draft. It's been talked about a lot. Who are the guys that you feel like we need to talk about?
1: Well, certainly. I mean, we know about Nick Bosa, right? I mean, we've talked so much about him over the course of the last year. Uh, To me, the best player in the draft. He's going to test, you know, which is a good thing coming off the injury. Um, So we'll we'll see how he does. I think he's going to test very well. Not as well as Rashawn Gary, who I think is going to be one of the freak shows uh, of the entire event, you know, at his size. You Know on just under 290. We'll see what he weighs in at. We'll see if he uh, sheds some weight or if he's going to keep that weight on and, and expect to put up those same numbers that we've seen reported. I know Bruce Feldman has written uh, about that ad nauseum as what uh, Rashawn Gary is going to do at this event. So I, I would expect Rashawn Gary to be, uh, you know, one of the again, one of the top testers, regardless of position. That's why I listed him as my workout warrior in that combine preview. I, I expect him to just do ridiculous things across the board uh, in these tests. Guys that I, I also would expect to test well, Brian Burns from Florida State, very un, you know undersized, and, that, and that, honestly one of the big numbers to come from this edge group will be what he weighs in at. Um, there was some talk yesterday; I forget who put the report out. I don't want to uh, miscite it, but uh, that said, he might be in the two forties. That'd be a huge win, right? If Brian Burns can come in, you know, at two forty-five. That's still undersized, but uh, a big step up from where he was listed at and where he played at early in his career. So uh, if Brian Burns can come in in the two forties and test very well. Well, that'll be a big W for him. Ja'Kai Polite from Florida, i put in that same boat as a guy that is an undersized pass rusher that should test very well. He's a, he's a very good athlete, but how is he going to come in and weigh in? How is he going to look physically? Uh, that was a question about Josh Allen from Kentucky a year ago so what does he do this offseason uh he stays in school doesn't enter the 2018 nfl draft puts on you know 15 20 pounds he gets up over 250 and has a huge season now instead of being a fringe first round pick now everyone's talking about him in the top five top ten so uh that's going to be the big thing with burns and polite is can those guys show that they maintain that athleticism while adding a little bit more weight uh that's going to be the big thing with all those guys. Honestly, the guy that I think could really, you know, solidify himself as a a top half of the first round player uh, with a great workout this week is Cleveland Farrell uh, from Clemson. Because honestly, when I watch him on film, he's probably uh, right alongside Nick Bosa uh, as the best technician as a pass rusher. I mean, he uses his hands very well. He's got a very well-defined plan of attack. He is a high motor. I mean, that, those are things that lead to sacks in the NFL. The big question I have about Farrell is, you know, how explosive is he? You know, he, he shows the fluidity to be able to drop and play in coverage. He's done a little bit of that at Clemson. But not a guy that I would say, oh, man, he, he's a plus athlete. So if he can come here to Indy and then on Sunday have a big-time workout – now you're talking about a guy that really kind of solidifies himself. Okay, he's checking a lot of boxes here because you know he's he checks the box off the field. His film is very good. If he can say, okay, I'm I'm a plus athlete. Now it's you're going to be hard pressed to say that you're going to take him uh, behind some of these other pass rushers that we've already talked about. So uh, Cleveland Farrell is certainly a guy that I think can can really really help himself the most this week. Again, I would say Brian Burns and Polite can certainly help themselves with their weigh-ins as well. But uh, that's a guy that I expect um, you know to really help himself. So another guy that I would throw in that same boat is Charles Mennu from Texas. Uh, has gained a lot of buzz over the last five six months. Uh, coming into the season was not really talked about. Remember, a lot of people talked a lot about Bryce Hager, his teammate at Texas, uh, but we talked on this show a lot about Omena, who uh, over the summer, a guy that has good size, he's got position versatility, can line up on either side, can also slide inside if you need him to. Uh, I compared him, honestly, in my preview to Trey Flowers, the uh, the veteran from the New England Patriots who's now hitting the free agent market, has been the best defensive lineman for Bill Belichick. And I think when you're looking at a lot of those coaches that have, play, that have uh, coached under Belichick that need help on the defensive line. You look at Detroit, you look at Miami, obviously New England as well. I think a who would fit really, really well for those teams. So, um, you know, those are all a few guys that I think can really, really help themselves uh, over the course of this week.
0: Did we just do a whole Edge segment and you didn't mention Jalen Jelks?
1: I, I, I knew that you would bust on me if I did. I, we all know, if, if you listen to the show, you know how I feel about Jalen Jelks. He was the guy that I listed as my stopwatch shocker that I think is going to kind of you know make people remember, oh, yeah, this kid is a quality athlete. Uh, I'm excited to see him test this week.
0: Let's get to the D-tackles, the interior guys. Obviously, Quinn and Williams is the guy that heads up that group. But who else fits at different parts of your criteria on the interior?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, Ed Oliver, you look at as a guy that will certainly be a workout warrior, right? I mean, in terms of the raw numbers, he's going to post ridiculous athletic testing scores for defensive tackle. The question will be, what does he weigh in at? Does he come in at 285 and put up great testing numbers? If he does that, I think he's, he's a lock now back into that discussion that we initially talked about him in, you know, the top 10, top 12. Set, people have been slowly dropping him in these mock drafts. You know, is he falling to 14 to Atlanta? Is he falling out of the first round in general? I mean, it, it's kind of crazy because we were just talking about him a year ago as a lock for the thing, you know, number one, number two, number three. Uh, and now we're saying, oh, he might fall out completely. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah said on his, uh, his conference call on Monday that some teams might look at him as the kind of a Melvin Ingram edge player, you know, stand him up off the edge. So I can't wait to see what Oliver weighs in at. I think we'll get that number on Friday. Um, but we'll see what he weighs in at. I expect him to test very, very well. Uh, so we'll see, but there are a lot of really intriguing athletes on the defensive tackle position in this class. I mean, Christian Wilkins is a guy that should test very, very well, uh, across the board. Draymond Jones from Ohio state is a guy. I'm very, very intrigued by he's going to test really well. Gerald Willis is an explosive first step kid that, uh, you know, really kind of a one year wonder at the college level of uh, initially a five star recruit, Landon Collins, little brother goes to Florida, has issues there, transfers to Miami. Uh, and again, Took some time away from the game, came back as a senior, and now had a huge year and and really kind of put himself on the map as a big-time prospect. So we'll see what happens with Gerald Willis this week. He would really help himself with a quality workout. One guy to keep an eye on, John Kaminsky from from Charleston, West Virginia, uh, D2 kid is a really impressive athlete. I mean, for a big kid, a former high school quarterback that showed up, I want to say he was like 215, 220 when he first got to campus. Now he's like a 285-pound defensive lineman, was a 3-4 DN uh, this past year. Only had three sacks, and that's the thing that people are kind of crushing him on, was the lack of production at a lower level of competition. But you you watch Kaminsky, and he is just bigger and faster than everybody at that level of competition. Uh, He is a very intriguing developmental player that I would expect – to test very well. Uh, Rennell Wren from Arizona State, another guy that I think will test well this week and really will continue to impress people. Again, flashes really well on film, had a really good start to the week uh, at the senior bowl, kind of tailed off as the week went on, but uh, was one of the stars uh, of Monday's practice, um, or of Tuesday's practice, rather. So I think when you look at a lot of these guys, you can see why defensive tackle is viewed as one of the best positions in this draft. There's a lot of talent, a lot of guys that should test, very, very well this week.
0: I like it. All right, let's get to the next position group, and we're talking linebackers, Fran.
1: Yeah, and, and look, the, the number one guy is Devin White from LSU. He's been compared a lot to, to Roquan Smith from last year's class out of Georgia. And I can see why. I mean, he's built very similarly, a lot of the same strengths and weaknesses, um, you know, just a a fireball. I mean, the guy just plays with ridiculous urgency and competitiveness from sideline to sideline. He's ridiculously explosive. Uh, I, I love watching Devin white play. He's a ton of fun to watch. Uh, pretty instinctive kid. Um, you know, sometimes can be a little bit reckless with how he approaches the ball. He almost comes in a little bit too hot at times and needs to be able to come in a little bit more patient so he can break down and finish one-on-one. But this kid has all the tools you're looking for to be a three down player in the NFL. So he's a guy I would expect to go high. I would expect him to test very well this week. He's, the, he's one of the top players in this draft. Uh, as we move down the list, I think you get to some really intriguing players. One guy that I think is going to just blow up this event is Voshan Joseph from Florida. Uh, you know, I watched Joseph for the first time last week. He's one of the most gifted athletes in this draft. You know, He's listed 226. That's what he was listed by at Florida. So certainly light. We'll see what he comes in at this week. But uh, every athletic trait you're looking for. This kid's got. I mean, he can accelerate and decelerate on command. Explosive speed, short area burst. He's an outstanding blitzer. He can play in reverse. Not great in coverage, and that's one of the things you want to see. Is, you know, he's got all the athletic traits. But does he have the, you know, the instincts and you know the ability to read routes and play the ball? Uh, those are things you want to see from him in coverage. I think a lot of people are interested to see what he looks like in drills this week in that area. But you know, Voshan Joseph, uh, a lot of fun, very physical, very instinctive. I mean, I, I compared him uh, to Telvin Smith in my write up of him just because uh, they were built so similarly. You know, Telvin Smith coming out of Florida State a few years ago, yeah, he was small, but you know, when you looked at him on film was really tough, really competitive, really instinctive. I see a lot of those same traits with Voshan Joseph. Uh, another player that you know I expect to obviously test very well is Devin Bush from Michigan. And the kind of the rap on Bush was yeah, he was productive for Michigan, you know, very tough. He's instinctive. He can be a Mike Backer. People don't really talk about his athleticism, you know, and I think when you especially when you look at him in a straight line, I mean, he's got that explosive linear athleticism uh, to fly to the football. I am excited to see what he does in the shuttles, you know, in terms of what he looks like laterally. But, you know, in a straight line, Devin Bush. I think is really, really interesting. Another guy that's really athletic is Mac Wilson from Alabama. Uh, that's not going to be a question mark for him. I think really um, the question with him will be you know, his play recognition. He will fall step at times and things like that. That's why we're not talking about him as a top 10, top 12 pick. But uh, Mac Wilson athletically, everything you want. He's outstanding in coverage, made some great plays on the ball throughout the course of the career. Some of the best interceptions that I've seen from the linebacker position since I've started evaluating players. So uh, it's a really good group. Um, of linebackers in terms of, you know, some really intriguing players. It's, I think it's kind of getting a bad rap, honestly, Ross. You know, a lot of people will say oh, linebackers, the, the weakest group in this draft. I don't, I don't know that I'll necessarily go that far. I think that there are some intriguing players uh, across the board, you know, they're offering some a v- wide variety of skill sets.
0: You know, I was going to ask you that, Fran, because I've seen a bunch of people on Twitter complaining about the linebackers after the top couple guys – saying they're having a real tough time finding any linebackers kind of in the, in the middle rounds to really get excited about. Um, does that mean it's a top-heavy draft? It's lacking depth? What do you think?
1: I mean, I think it's probably, yeah, it's, it's a little bit shallow on depth. It's, it's certainly not as deep as some of these other positions we've talked about. But I think that they're, you know, we've we've seen worse positions. Let's let's say that, uh, not necessarily for this year, but in other years. I mean, I know, you know, what was it like last year's tight end group? Like I was struggling to find guys. Like, you know, yeah, Dallas Goddard was a stud, but outside of that, like I was struggling to find guys to be really excited about. Um, you know, I go to I look at this linebacker group, and you know, we've talked about a handful of them already we didn't talk about Terrell Hanks. We didn't talk about TJ Edwards. Uh, you know, we didn't talk about, um, you know, I'm going through my list here. Uh, we didn't talk about Jermaine Pratt. We didn't talk about Sione Takitaki from BYU, a guy that really impressed me. We didn't talk about Jelani Tavai from Hawaii, uh, a favorite of Dane Brewer, another guy that I thought would have tested very, very well. It seems like he's not going to test this week. Um, but Tavai is, is a guy with all, I mean, all of the physical traits that you were looking for uh, has done so many things for the rainbow warriors over the course of his career. He's played off the edge. He's played in coverage. He's played in the slot. He's played stacked, uh, can rush the passer, can play against the run. Uh, Jelani Tavai. I I watched him last week for the first time and was blown away by this kid um, with what he can bring to the field. Bobby Okarike from Stanford is a nice, solid uh, two down guy that I I think has potential to be a three down player. I mean, it's it's a solid group. It's it's not a it's not a terrible group of linebackers. I think the the junior class certainly helped it. You know, guys like Mac Wilson and Devin White and those guys entering the draft, Devin Bush, that certainly helped it. Um, but I, there there are some intriguing players in this linebacker class. All
0: right, well, let's move on then to the secondary, uh, and we'll start with the corners. Where, you know, I saw where Daniel Jeremiah also said that there's a lot of mixed opinions on Greedy Williams. And I'm guessing, you know, uh, how well he runs is going to be a big part of that.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, really the big question with Williams has just been, uh, you know, kind of up and down play. You, you don't, you don't always see uh, the ability to find the ball late, uh, the ability to defend the run. I mean, those are things that um, you know people have put into question with Williams. He's got all the physical tools, so and and he's a guy, honestly, that I expect to come and look good at this event. I do expect him to test well. Um, so we'll see what he does over the course of this week to kind of help his stock. There are a few guys, and honestly, the corner group is where I think there's the most ground to gain for some of these guys. I mean, I think players can certainly help themselves the most in this group because it's it's really it's mixed opinions across the board. I mean, um, you know, I look at it from an athletic standpoint. Some guys that can really help themselves, you know, Kendall Sheffield from Ohio State, tape was very up and down, but this kid's a, a world-class athlete. I mean, he set a number of records coming out of high school, um, you know, in terms of uh, his ability to run track. He also ran track. At Ohio State. Uh, He's a guy that stood out to me when I was studying Denzel Ward last year, uh, just with the way that he moved in that Ohio State secondary. So uh, Kendall Sheffield is a guy to keep an eye on. Jamel Dean from Auburn, Ohio State transfer, started his career there, uh, has a number of knee injuries in his career. So that's going to be something that uh, he's going to have to work through from a medical standpoint. I think the DBs get here. So the DBs would get here on Saturday. So that he'll probably be going through his medicals uh, on Sunday. So uh, Jamel Dean's going to have a big day Sunday, just kind of going through all that, making sure that everything is clear with that knee. But uh, outside of that, I mean, he's a a world-class athlete as well. I mean, some of the times that he has posted throughout the course of his career have been really, really impressive. So keep an eye on Jamel Dean. If he were to test uh, Julian Love from Notre Dame is a guy that isn't getting a lot of buzz right now. But was really, really productive over the course of his career. A three-year player for the Irish who you know, posted five picks, 39 pass breakups. That's really good numbers over three years. I, mean, I, I think that's a guy uh, to kind of keep an eye on if he can test well. Uh, I think that he can really help himself. Byron Murphy from Washington, like most Washington corners, he's going to come in a little bit light. I think a lot of people are interested to see what he comes in at. He was listed at 182. You'd like to see him come up you know, a little bit over 190 and see if he can get over that benchmark. But uh, on film, I really enjoy watching this kid play. He's athletic. He's really scrappy and competitive. He's got the mindset to play on the boundary. Uh, he's a player uh, that, it, that I really was intrigued by watching him on film. The player that you know a lot of people are starting to really gain ground on, J- Dan Jeremiah, is one of them, is Jawan Williams from Vanderbilt. I mean, he's listed 6'3", 208, rare size for the cornerback spot. Uh, and you know, he's got the ability to find the ball down the field. I mean, there, there are some plays that he made on the football that I thought were really, really impressive. And I'll tell you what. He doesn't run like a 208 pound corner. I mean, if he can come out and just test a put a solid workout in terms of just the raw numbers post. You know, if he can run, uh, you know, low four fives, high four fours. I mean, that's that that's going to be a huge win for Jawan Williams. So, um, to me, when I look at this cornerback class, and I we didn't even mentioned like guys like DeAndre Baker, uh, who has kind of been billed as a, as a first round pick throughout the course of the process. Um, you know, if these guys can come and whoever kind of posts a great workout. I think it's going to try and set themselves apart. And I think this is the position where the combine is going to clear some things up in this cornerback class in terms of how people view them uh, in terms of mock drafts and you know top 50s and big boards and things like that. Uh, it's going to really kind of clarify some things at that position.
0: Fran, you said something I thought was interesting uh, about Washington corners always coming in late. Why is that?
1: Uh, I think that might just be, you know, kind of the, the, what they like at the at the position. They may not stress the the fact that those guys need to be uh, really big. I think that was a big thing with Sidney Jones when he came out, right? Was, you know, I think he was listed at like 170s, and when he was uh, when he was playing there. So I, I think when you look at the, those Washington corners, typically they ha- they have been a little bit light.
0: That's interesting. I I didn't know that before. By the way, before we get to the safeties, I should mention. BetOnline.ag. In fact, I have to mention, and I need to because it's awesome. If you want to start to make bets, on I think you can even bet on combine performances over at BetOnline.ag if you're into that kind of thing. Certainly, you can go ahead and you can go to BetOnline.ag, use the promo code PODCAST1, get a 50% welcome bonus, 50%. Welcome owners, bet on the combine performances, bet on the draft, bet on the AAF, or if you're in the college hoops, NBA, etc. You can bet on that as well. BetOnline.ag. Just make sure you use that promo code. Podcast one. Fran, what do you have on the safeties to wrap this up?
1: You know, this was the one of the last position groups I studied and, and you know, a lot of juniors that I hadn't gotten to yet. I, I love the senior group of safeties. I and mean, when we talked about that at the senior bowl, you know, Jonathan Abram and Juan Thornhill, uh, you know, just the rest of that group. I, I was really, really impressed with the senior group of safeties. So I was excited to get to the junior class. And I got to tell you, there were some really intriguing players. I mean, uh, Taylor Rapp from Washington uh, is a guy that I actually listed as my top pick. I I love Taylor Rapp, you know, great tackler, smart, instinctive coverage player, Uh, started playing in the nickel as a true freshman. He's really tough. The question that people have is, you know, is he explosive enough? Is he rangy enough to play sideline to sideline? Can he be a true post player as a free safety in the middle of the field? But, you know, outside of that, like I've got no concerns about Taylor Rapp. I think he could play in the slot. I think he could play down near the line of scrimmage. Uh, He's today's strong safety in the NFL. I think he can play in coverage, uh, you know, in terms of being able to play man to man, he could certainly be a two high guy, um, phenomenal run defender, great blitzer, outstanding kid away from the field, hard worker, kind of a self-made kid coming out of high school. Um, you know, teams may view him differently across the league. Uh, but it wouldn't shock me at all if Taylor Rapp, uh, snuck into the first round. He's a guy I'm, I'm really, really excited about, but then you get across the, across the, sc- the scope of this thing. I mean, guys that I expect to test well, uh, Chauncey Gardner Johnson was basically a slot corner. I mean, he say where he is. He was a slot corner for Florida this year. Uh, didn't play in their base defense, but always lined up in the slot. Uh, really. Yeah. I mean, he arrived on, ca- on campus as a corner. And, you know, this is a guy that, you know, has the athleticism to be able to play, he plays with an edge, uh, good blitzer, tough run defender instinctive coverage player as well, like I said, can play the ball in the air. I I was impressed with Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. He went toe-to-toe with Debo Samuel uh, in that South Carolina game and had a number of really impressive reps. Uh, One guy that I expect to test very well, Jonathan Abram from Mississippi State. Really explosive. Uh, I've described in the past as kind of a heat-seeking missile, fluid hips, strong recovery speed, easy change direction skills. Um, You know, he should be one of the top testers uh, at the safety position as well. You know, a guy that, again, that I think that, you know, can do everything you want from an athletic standpoint. Uh, I would put Juan Thornhill from Virginia in that same boat. Um, Very productive over the course of his college career. I've compared him on this podcast numerous times to Eddie Jackson, uh, former corner. I I think he's going to test very, very well. Um, Yeah, there's a lot of interesting guys. I mean, you know, Amani Hook from Iowa uh, as a player who's you know he'd been a strong safety throughout the course of his career played as a linebacker for half of his final season there with the Hawkeyes this past year so you know for teams now that are kind of looking at all right like what can a guy do for me in sub package what kind of role can he play you know I I think of Terrell Edmonds last year uh, who was a surprise first round pick for the uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers coming out of Virginia Tech Amani Hooker is a similar kind of player, you know, and I I actually I also compare him to a guy like Patrick Chung as well. Um, You know, a guy that can just be a smart coverage player in the middle of the field. Maybe not a true matchup guy on the perimeter, maybe not a a true center fielder in the as a free safety. But uh, as a guy, if you're a heavy sub package team and you like playing with multiple safeties, you know, playing them in the slot, playing them in in the short intermediate zones. I think Amani Hooker uh, can play that role and play it well. I would say the same thing about guys like Marquise Blair from Utah, about uh, Rashad Gant or Malik Gant rather from Marshall. Um, you know, Malik Gant is really physical, really, uh, really aggressive uh, over the middle of the field. Just uh, one of the notes I put out, He's got no conscience as a hitter. You know, whether it's down, down, uh, downhill against the run, whether it's receivers crossing over the middle of the field. Uh, one of the biggest hitters that I've watched in this draft class. And then one guy that I think will surprise people is Evan Worthington from Colorado. Uh, any other year, I think Worthington would, would have been at the senior ball would have been talked about as one of the top senior safeties in the class. But since it's such a deep group, he's kind of slipped through the cracks a little bit. Uh, was at the East West Shrine game. He was one of my favorite prospects down there. I think he's flying a little bit under the radar, but he's an athletic, versatile kid um, you know, that I think can do a lot of things in today's league. So those would be some safeties that I'll be keeping my eye on this week.
0: Make sure you're following Fran on Twitter at Fduffy3. That is the way to get at Fran. You can always catch his Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. He's got the Journey to the Draft podcast. Posts all kinds of stuff over at PhiladelphiaEagles.com. Of course, you know, Wednesdays, typically the big days here at RT Media. We will have awesome fantasy feast episode with Hayden Winks. Gonna get to a lot of your email questions on the Even Money podcast with Steve and, of course, Andrew Brandt weighing in on everything from Robert Kraft to compensatory picks to what the Combine meetings are like behind the scenes on the Ross Tucker football podcast. Other than that, we're done. The keg is kicked. We're all tapped out. Thanks for enjoying your frosty one while listening to the College Draft. Chuck, 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 Chuck. Make sure you're also subscribing to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, and Even Money Podcasts. All available on iTunes at Rostucker.com or wherever podcasts can be found.